the Nikki Burns Show with Jenny Green. The Nikki Burns Show with Jenny Green. Yeah. 2FM. In studio, I am joined by a man with plenty of juicy sports news. It is Mick McCarthy from Balls.e. Good morning. Good afternoon, Mick. Good Welcome afternoon. along. Good afternoon. I sound like Joe Duffy. Good afternoon <laughs> to you. Please don't kill me for saying that, Joe. You have a big bulging bag of sporting knowledge today. There are some really funny stories on the way. Including this one, which involves some accent work, as an actor might say. What is the story with Ronnie O'Sullivan? Yeah, so look, Ronnie, <laughs> <In general>. O'S- <laughs> Ronnie O'Sullivan, snooker, uh, probably like the most famous snooker player. Um, you know, he's come up on this slot before because yes. he tends to just kind of, I don't know at this stage with Ronnie, is it just that he's bored? You know, oh. he's 43. He's been kind of, he's been there 25 years at this wow. stage at the God, kind of top of the time. game. He's the most naturally talented player. He'll go through runs of winning everything and then he'll be, yeah. he'll be terrible the rest of the time. And sometimes I wonder, is it just boredom? A couple of years ago, he was at this same tournament, which is the Players' Championship, and he was uh, giving kind of one-word answers. He started singing Wonderwall at the end of an wow. interview. So he kind of has a lot of previous in this. He's a character, you might he say. He is a character, for <laughs> sure, yeah. But inexplicably, uh, he started speaking in a... He's from London, uh, okay. well-known as being from London, and inexplicably started giving his post-match interview on Monday night in a rather poor Australian accent. Let's have a listen to that. Very tough match, mate. You know, he maybe worked hard for it out there, but I was just so pleased to get through in the end. You know, tough match. <gasps> tough opponent. <laughs> what? <laughs> what did he... <laughs> tough match? So, I do yeah, a bad Aussie accent, but exactly, that's bad. Yeah. It's that's a crap bad. Aussie accent. Like, you know, and, and he's not Australian, so... He's definitely not Australian. <laughs> His explanation, <laughs> by the way, that's a small clip of what was actually a full interview that he basically did for about like two or three minutes speaking wow. in his accent, giving straight enough answers to what he was saying. He was asked, what are you doing? Yeah. And he goes, you know, look, I feel like, I want to feel like a winner. The Aussies are winners. Uh, they always have a positive outlook. So I'm going to be an Aussie from now on. Go wow. on, win the ashes. Maybe <laughs> so. he's committing, like he's a method actor and he's now Australian forever. Maybe yeah, we'll we'll have Jesus. to find out when he went if he wins in the next round and see what he what he comes out with. Or what lo- uh, if is, you're but. an Australian person listening, I would love to hear your thoughts on this. Very tough match, mate. You know, he maybe worked hard for it out there, but I was just so pleased to get through in the end. You know, <laughs> you can hear the London. Oh, it's, yeah. it's like the it, worst. It starts mix off like ever. a London person doing a bad London accent and yeah. ends up being a bad Australian accent. It gets better as it goes That's on. That's d- dark. If you are an Australian <laughs> person affected by the issues raised in this program. Please get in touch with the specialist. Uh, now, you have another story about a mascot who is almost the same age as Ronnie O'Sullivan, which is not uh, not usually what happens at mascots no, in sports. No, we love our mascots as well. That's yes. another, another thing we regularly talk about is the kids walking out with the players at the start of a game. It's something that, uh, you know, anyone who sees football will the last at least 10 years has been yeah. doing it nearly for every game a little boy or a girl holding hands with the player 11 of them will walk out yeah. they'll do the pre-match uh, ceremony they'll all go in and they'll get their yeah. program signed and by it's all a the moving players. moment it's such a lovely thing yeah. it really is and there's a lot There's sometimes there's really nice stories that go along with that as well but uh, not so much at the Brentford and QPR game at the okay. weekend because um, Dave Watson who was 40 Okay. Happy birthday, Dave. <laughs> also, w- was along with the uh, yeah. So it was his fortieth birthday, and he was along with the eight, nine, and ten year olds. Um, was one of the mascots being brought out um, by Brentford. His 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 
beloved team in London um, at the weekend in their big rivalry game, their big derby game against QPR. Um, it made for a very, very strange <laughs> sight, I have to say. But the story of how they did it, he went to the pub with his mates yes. to watch a game, to watch the Spurs-Arsenal game, and they gave him his birthday presents. And the first one was a Brentford jersey with Colonel at the ba- on the back of it, apparently, because he, he really enjoys a particular uh, yeah. type of chicken. And... <laughs> So, it is a good gift. It's a good yeah, surprise that, yeah, in fairness kind of for a Lamar birthday. Your mates. Like, you yeah. don't really get 40th birthday presents off your, yeah. off your mates, you know. So there he goes. He goes in, uh, puts that on, has to come out. The next present he opens is a pair of shorts. He's like, okay, what's going on here? <laughs> the next is a pair of socks. They make him go the full kit, you know, not oh something you gosh. generally do. And he goes, what's the story? Am I the mascot or something? And they went, well, <laughs> you guessed it, babe. So he goes in. So he's standing in the dressing room. All the players are looking at him and laughing. Oh, what the hell is this guy doing here? But they're kind of afraid to say anything because sometimes you think there might be a reason, a, you know, a reason or a story yes. behind it, you know, yeah. and not just a prank by his mates. Yeah. So he goes to all the kids are holding the players' hands. He goes to hold uh, the guy beside him hand. And your man just like taps him on the shoulder and goes, no. <laughs> so it's he like, walks out dwarfing this other player so all of a sudden, so he's taller than the player he's walking out and the, the children side, so. obviously oh my <laughs> a god bizarre bizarre sight but brilliant one okay well you know if you are struggling for a birthday gift out there guys get in touch with your local sports team there could be an opportunity there uh, before we head to a song the third story is kind of dark there's some happenings going on with a certain Turkish footballer this was awful. Yes. So this was this was a really really weird. Like it, it it's absolutely bizarre, but it's also kind of really frightening. And yeah. there was a, a Turkish like division three game, not something that would usually come across my my radar to be honest. Yeah. Um, <laughs> wow. But, okay. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Mansur Kaller was one of the players for uh, Ahmed SK. Was one of the teams, and they were having the pre match. You know, you know, not too far off what we're talking about with Brentford. Yes. Everybody comes out. They're lining up. They're shaking hands before mm-hmm. the game. And a lot of the players in the opposition just start reacting and sort of, what, what's, what, what are you doing? Like kind of attacking him. And you see the super slow-mos and there's a lot of kind of, there's a lot of coming to over the next few minutes. And this guy is seemingly got a razor blade in his hand and he's like slashing at the necks and faces and bodies of the opposition players. Oh my God. They go on and play the game. It's a one-all draw. They, they make complaints. No, you're this. like, the match continues. <laughs> it was a draw. I'm like, okay, yeah. That's good. what I was wondering. Did all these guys play? Because they put up pictures on social media of their bodies and their necks and their faces afterwards. And they are like full on. They A lot of them went to hospital. Yeah. You know, like full on cuts. Um, and just it's absolutely barbaric and strange and you would more wonder than anything. too if the players maybe were sort of in like the adrenaline of playing a match they probably didn't realise what I was think, happening I think a lot that, yeah. that's the impression I got was that yeah. I don't think they realised that they'd actually been attacked you know, cut as yeah. A pub- yeah and that some your man was doing something weird I think is probably as far as it, it got for them at the time you know <laughs> You know, I'm not the biggest sports fan in the world, so I'm like a bit oblivious to some of this stuff. But I tell you, I had no idea it was that dangerous out there on the pitches of it's, the world. It's not usual, but maybe stay away from any Turkish Division Three games yeah, if you're going you know, on your holidays. I might not start there with my education on all things sport. Uh, we do have some more stories on the way with Mick McCarthy from Ball.ie. That's coming up in just a second. Woo! Turn it off. The Nikki Byrne Show with Jenny Green. Weekdays from 10. We're back here on 2FM. It's Connor being in for Nikki and Jenny. I am chatting to Mick McCarthy from Balls.ie. Uh, we've had a few very interesting stories. And now, Mick, it's, I have to break the news to the Irish public that there is doping in a sport. I never expected there to be doping in. Can you please educate us, the masses? Uh, 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 doping in a sport that I didn't even know was a sport. <laughs> See? I have to say, because didn't the, want to say the that, noble but. game of... The noble and ancient game of bridge... <laughs> 
Connor, is something that again I you know I would have considered it a game. It's, yeah. Uh, it's you know something that an awful lot of people play, but you know then is it would, a sport? Would I consider it a sport? It is a sport because they recently got recognition from the International Olympic Committee, mm-hmm. and one of the things that goes along with getting recognition from the International Olympic Committee is that you sign up. You're an Olympic sport uh, or an Olympic recognized sport. Yeah. And you have to go and you have to abide by their doping protocols, which means that testing yes. has to happen and a banned list has to happen in the same way. So the world of bridge was rocked, rocked. I said, <laughs> rocked this at, week. At this week to find last week to find out that uh, the world number one, the top bridge player in the world, Ger Helgeno, is the name I'm going with. <laughs> yeah, he's Norwegian, so yeah. that sounds like it's in the right vein. Exactly, yeah. Norwegian represents Monaco. Was banned for testosterone and for a female fertility drug called uh, clomiphene, I think oh. it is, um, which also uh, adds uh, testosterone in males, apparently. And that's one of the reasons he used. Why he was using it, I don't know. But Is it for concentration? Is that what the... No, it's... it's it, I don't want to look swole? I don't buff? think so. Don't it, might, it might be for bodybuilding. <laughs> it might be for something. I don't think it's affecting his bridge game. But unfortunately, mm. if you are there... So, world number one, all his titles from 2018... All wiped out, taken away from him. He's oh banned until November 2019 now, and um, yeah, he was he was uh, he was caught at a, an, an event in Orlando back in September. This is and it just came out last week. So I've never been more surprised by a story. It's nothing sacred. Even Bridge, there has been, as you said, rocked by these allegations. Yeah. Sport is just like you know, it's constantly. Can we believe in anything anymore? <laughs> Doping is always there. It's always just hanging over us. We don't want to engage <laughs> with it. Sometimes it's just a sad reality. Yeah. But you think you can get away with it in playing the game of cards. Yeah. You know? I just, you know what, Bridge is sometimes favoured by the older person that we may know. I know older people in my life who play Bridge. I'm not looking at any of them the same way now. I'd be like, you're very good at that game. Are you... Are you are you doing anything what extra? Are you on? <laughs> <laughs> What's your secret? Uh, there has been some fun had in Liverpool. We know Scousers have a particular sense of humour, even young Scousers. Definitely, yeah, yeah. Like, and you know, that's it's bred into them young. I think a certain <laughs> You're cheeky, a, chuck. <laughs> a certain cheeky chappy sort of mentality yes. that's going in. So a lot of people will know that um, the Merseyside Derby was on this weekend. Everton yes. versus Liverpool. Liverpool in a real, really tight title race looking for their first title yeah. since 1990 and stakes been, are high it's been a long 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 wait and they can't really afford to drop any points at the moment so yes. they go and play their old rivals Everton and they don't play well they end up drawing the match nil nil they get a point out of it it's not a disaster by any means mm-hmm. Jurgen Klopp their manager is going around afterwards thanking he had previously annoyed Everton's manager and Everton fans by saying that this game is really big for Everton because it's like a World Cup final to them that was one of the things in the pre in the pre-match that kind of got under the skin of Everton. So tempers were frayed already. They were a little bit, yeah. And and it was a kind of a dull game and he's going around shaking everybody's hands and as he's walking off the pitch there's a line of Everton ball boys there, the the local Goodison Park ball boys and they're clapping him off the pitch. But one kid... Uh, Charlie is his first name uh, gets his attention a little bit <laughs> to which Klopp walks over and honestly there's a second or two here where this is looking a little bit awkward I mean is <laughs> he like, going to challenge this, slap. <laughs> this like maybe 13 year old kid you know and but Charlie completely undaunted just keeps clapping in his face and, and puts up puts the thumbs up Klopp oh eventually Klopp eventually it. Decides, I love this kid, and just starts <laughs> laughing and walks off, and and uh, seems to enjoy the whole thing. Well, we later found out then from 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 the kid's dad was that you know there was nothing nothing untoward. He just said, you know, did you enjoy the World Cup final? And the two of them 
You know L- what? Start them, young. Start them Start young. Start them young. <laughs> I believe the children are the future. Let them lead the way and banter their way up to the big leagues. And finally, a story that I actually saw floating around social media today because the pictures alone from this one are kind of mind-boggling. A story you truly couldn't make up. A female cyclist was forced to stop her race because she caught up with the men yeah. involved. A, a, a Belgian race um, yes. at the weekend. The Omloop Het Newsblood. Yeah, let's go with okay, that. Sounds yeah, good. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Newsblad. I'm going to go I'm glad you said that. It's a, it's a race, a prestigious uh, cycling race in, in, <laughs> in Belgium. And basically what happens is the men's race goes off 10 minutes before the women's mm-hmm. and then they can be kept separate. And Isn't that a metaphor, ladies and gentlemen? Isn't that a metaphor? <laughs> <laughs> the women are catching up with the men, yeah. But one particular uh, woman, Nicole Hazelman, did catch up and she was out. She had she had launched into a huge lead in her yeah. race. She was three kilometers ahead of, wow. uh, of the of or, or she was um yeah, ten minutes I think ahead of, of, of the rest of her field. Oh my god. And absolutely flying. But they had to say, Hold on, she's <laughs> catching up with the men's race here. Good. They had to stop her. Stop everybody else and then restart the times, uh, I think, 15 minutes later with the same times. But all oh her momentum God. was gone. She lost the lead. Ended up finishing 74th oh my um, God. in the race. Yeah, which is a pity. Now, I, I mean, you do break up. It was only a quarter of the way through the race. Yeah. It does happen that you might. Like, Jump ahead. The early leaders and, yeah. will always be dragged back eventually. But she did feel like she lost her momentum. It was a pity. The wording that they use. Now, I'm pretty sure this is just a technical racing term. Yeah. But it doesn't sit well, which was that... They, um, the the official thing was the neutralization of the women's race due to a oh. very slow pace of the men's race. Wow. And just the word neutralization mm, <laughs> didn't sit very well. International Women's Day on the horizon. Exactly. Not my phrasing of choice. And we talk nearly every week about the kind of unfair uh, playing field that women yeah. have to, to take part in in sport. And it's not a nice image to see a woman who's too fast being stopped by race organizers in the middle of the road. There's a load stop of stewards. achieving so highly, madam. <laughs> exactly. Oh Hand out. Please stop. You're too good. You're catching up with the men. And we couldn't possibly allow that. I saw a lot of people sharing the story in the images today. A lot of women in particular saying, oh, well, if this isn't a metaphor for all the times we've tried to do X, Y and Z in, in life in general. So, you know what? Sport imitating life. I guess you could call that. Mick McCarthy from Balls.ie. Thank you so much. for Even I, a sports novice, feel far more knowledgeable now after that. It's good to know. Thanks See, I've learned a lot today. The Nikki Burns Show with Jenny Green.